I believe we live in obviously some some difficult times, some great times, and we live in a time where um, if you really look at our country today, it's a great country, and every country is a great country, but we kind of live in what I would call a fatherless nation. We have fathers, but we have, in a sense, a lack of leadership. We, have a, we definitely have a lack of godly leadership. Would you agree about that? We have a lack of godly leadership. And so I want to talk about, there's a couple things. I want to read a couple scriptures to you. The first is Psalm 82, 3 and 5. I believe there's a couple on your notes. It says, Defend the cause of the weak and fatherless. Maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. They know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. So we live, I believe, in a time where we have a lot of fatherless people. People, maybe they had a physical dad, but they didn't have a dad that was there speaking their lives. We have a lot of men in the world, but a lot of men are not stepping up in leadership. But there are some great leaders. So I want to challenge us to say, how can we be good leaders? So let me give you two contrasting uh, examples. In Second Kings chapter uh, 15, 8-9, we talk about one king who was not a good example, and then we'll talk about another one, which I have scripture. Second King 15, 8-9, it says, In the 38th year... Azariah, king of Judah, Zechariah, son of Jeroboam, became king of Israel and Samaria. And he reigned six months. Listen to that. Listen to this verse 9. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord as his fathers had done. He did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam and the son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. And as, as Elizabeth prayed and as we know it in the video showed and the song said that children learn from their parents. Children learn from their fathers. Whether you're active or you're not active, your children learn from you. And so, unfortunately, this king was not a good example, and his father before him was not a good example. Okay? So, in our world today, we have a lot of this example, which is not good, but also there's good examples, so I'm not going to be totally negative. So, 1 Kings 15, I think I have the notes. 1 Kings 15, you want to write this down if it's not on the notes. 1 Kings 15, 9-13. through In the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Asa became king of Judah. And he reigned in, in Jerusalem 41 years. His grandmother's name was Makkah, daughter of Abishalem. Asa, listen to this, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, or Asa. And his father David had done. As his father, he expelled the male shrine prostitutes from the land and got rid of all the idols his fathers had made. He even deposed the, the grandmother Makkah from her position as queen mother because, he had, he had, because she had made a repulsive Asherah pole. Asa or Asa cut down the, the pole and burned it in the Kidron Valley. So here we have an example of a king who was right before God. And he stood up for it. And he took action. And what I'm saying is in our day and in our age, we need men of action. We need women of action. And so maybe you're here to say, well, I'm not a father, I'm a woman, or I, you know, I don't care, and whatever. Today I want to say this, this message is, yes, geared towards men and fathers, but ladies, pray for men. Right? Children, pray for men. So like I said, we, we live in a, a place where we may have a physical father, but sometimes the father's not there emotionally, socially, and, and more importantly, spiritually. And I want to I say this, I want to help us, because if you look at our nation, and in many other countries, our nation is lacking godly men. Our nation is lacking godly leaders in all areas. Now, there are some godly leaders in places, in, in high places, low places, middle places, but we need more godly men. And I want to challenge the men here, whether you're a father, or a fa- hopefully to be a father, whether you're a woman, to, to help us. Because as strong as a family is, is as strong as a nation is. Let me come back and say, the nation is only as strong as its families are. 
And we're seeing the erosion of the family as God had intended. A man, woman, and children. Now I know sometimes some men and women get married, they don't have kids, and that's fine. I'm not, I'm not here distant on that, but I'm talking about fathers. Because we have a Heavenly Father this morning. Amen? So let's talk about, just for a few moments, and then I'm going to move on, the sins of the fathers, okay? God is saying to the church that fathers need to rise up and be the fathers that our family needs, our workplace needs, our nation needs. The first is, one of the first sins of the father is omission. Omission. This is, this is looking now, again, I'm not, I'm not here to get on you the way you raise your kids, and, I, and I'm going to name a couple good examples of ways to help you with kids. Um, but this is looking the other way when your child errs. When your child does things. Now, there's kids, kids do foolish things, childish things. And then kids, as, as they begin to grow, as you know, even from the young age, they begin to see how they can twist you and manipulate you and get away with things, right? Parents, right? It starts early, doesn't it? And so if you just keep looking, oh, that's just cute, that's cute. Then eventually, those kids begin to do worse things. They're like, oh, you know, they're just a kid. You've got to somewhere say, okay, I need to put a line and say, you know what, that's not proper. Son, daughter, grandchild, we don't do that. Amen? So this is, a, this is one of the missions, sins of miss. Another one is, is please, and if, you know, I'm all for all equal rights and all that, but the way God made the family, He made the family a patriarchal society. Okay, in, in the Old Testament, New Testament. Now, I know there's other countries and, and nations that are matriarchal society, and that's awesome, but there still has to be a parent role in charge. Okay? And so in, in the biblical sense, in the Hebrew sense, God made families under a patriarchal system. Okay? Wrong or right, good or bad, that's the way God made it. And so sometimes the fathers, in the sin of omission, is allowing the woman to become the spiritual leader of the home. That is the sin of omission. Now we'll talk a bit more about that. Some other things are, is, is when the father just allows the mom to take total care of the kids. They're, they're never attending their events. They don't care about their, their, the, the sports, the music, the, the, the school things. And this is basically being too busy for kids. We're seeing this a lot in our society. Right? Okay? And because of this, as, as I've been in ministry, I don't know how many, 24 some odd years, and I was a youth pastor for, for a handful of years. And I remember as a youth pastor, seeing parents uh, try to go to, come to me as a last ditch effort because mom and dad were never active in their kids. And they're saying, Stan, Pastor Stan, can you fix my kids? And I'd get to know them and find out that their parents were not active in their lives. And their kids hated their fathers or hated their parents or they, they, they were hard-hearted, they were rebellious. And even I saw some of them get into criminal trouble because they wanted attention from their parents. And sadly, I remember one of the teenagers I was talking with and I would counsel with them, trying to help them out. And he said he felt like in his life that he was a dung beetle. And I thought to myself, that is so sad that he did not have the, feel the love of his father that he felt like he was a dung beetle. And that that's where he was down at the bottom, if you know what a dung beetle does. And so another, another sin of the Father is, is so absorbed in, in our work and pleasure. There's nothing wrong with work and there's nothing wrong with pleasure, but we have seen too many men so wrapped up in their work and pleasure that they only see their kids on the weekends. And I, and I know, as I've mentioned this before, but there was a, there's a friend of ours, Olivia and I, family, uh, his name's T. Smelser, and he was in, in the uh, construction business, he was a manager of, of, of like a type of a Home Depot, and he had worked so many hours that he got up in the morning before his kids got up, and he went to work, and then he came home late when his kids were in bed, and so his, his two daughters would only see him on the, on the weekends, and it got to the point, this, is, this, this was his eye-opening uh, uh, situation, he was doing this a lot, and finally his youngest daughter on, on Sunday uh, night said, you know what, it's so nice to have you visiting us on the weekends. Can, can we, are you going to come back next weekend? And it, it just, it just he, he's like, oh my goodness. 
this has to change. His kids didn't even know that he was the father. They thought he was just a visitor on the weekends. And you see, it's sad because I know, I know the cost of living is crazy and I know there's this and that. But fathers, you have to be involved in your kids' lives. Amen? And so this man, T, made some changes now. And, and of course, something changed in his life. And listen to this. If you're not home a lot, you're not involved in your kids' lives. Well, Pastor Stan, I go see my kids' soccer game. I go to their music concert every once in a while. That, that's okay, but they want you during the week. They want to talk to you. They want your approval. They want your discipline. They want your guidance. They want your love. They need you there. Amen? Come on, this is hard, isn't it? You see, if, if work keeps a father away from his family, then maybe you should consider a job change or a schedule change or something different. You see, we wonder why Junior is rebellious and has a hard heart. Or little Sally, I'm just using these exams, uh, little Sally doesn't want to do, have anything to do with you. It's because you're not there. So let me talk about the third thing is the lack of leadership. Humans, listen, humans want to be led. Would you agree? We do. We, we want guidance. We want leadership. We need someone to direct us as kids and even as adults. And so we naturally seek direction in our lives. And the first thing that we look at is our mom and dad. They are our natural first leaders. But again, if mom and dad are so busy with work and sports and everything else, there's no true leadership in the home. And you see, and I said this earlier, a nation is only as strong as its families. A family is only as strong as the leader in the home. And if there's no leader, if mom and dad are just so busy all the time, working 80 hours a week, 120 hours a week, and they're busy, 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 there's no leadership. What leads it is the schedule. It dictates what happens. Instead of a, a person being in charge of the family, being the guide. A family needs leadership. Maybe there could be less violence in our nation if dads would rise up and say, enough is enough. Amen? Maybe there would be less of some of the stuff we're seeing if dads would rise up and say, no, that's not proper. No, you can't do that. No, that's impossible. I know I've used this example many times, but there were times when, when my dad would be, of course, we only had three channels on TV. He had three stations, ABC, NBC, CBS, oh, and PBS, I'm sorry. So there are four. And we would be watching TV. My dad said, Stan, we need to turn this off. This is inappropriate. You can't be watching this stuff. Or, or and I know I've used this example there. You know, I like, star, I like Star Trek and all that science fiction. There was this, you know, and, I, and I've used this example many times, is there was this, this alien that abducted this guy. We were watching this science fiction TV show, and this alien that abducted this guy, and he possessed his body. And this guy was trying to fight the alien out. So the guy put his finger in a light socket, you know. And my dad says, Stan, you cannot do that. You will die. I'm glad my dad told me that. And I remember we were at a movie, just probably here, I think we were in Maryland, we took, went to a movie, and it was, it was one of those superhero, it was a, a Disney movie, and uh, this, this kid was an alien, jumped out of this car to stop another car, and jumped out of the car, and his body stopped the car, and I heard a dad say, son, you can't do that, you'll die. And I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus, there's a few parents that tell their kids, they give them some leadership, give them some guidance, Amen. The, the, the last sin of the Father that I want to talk about is apathy towards the church and God. This is very important. We're seeing this more and more. Your kids can tell mom and dad, dad specifically, they can tell that God is important or not important to you. You can come to church and act like you, you love being at church, but if you're living an opposite lifestyle all week, they know. They see it. You can't fool kids. Right? Come on. And we wonder why... Less and less kids want to come to church today. 
It's because we're living two different lifestyles. We're living this two different style. We're, we're apathetic towards God. And you see, listen, I know, and I, I don't see it a lot, but dropping your kids off at church sends them a strong message. And then you not being at church. Or you making excuses for not being at church a lot. Fathers, it is your job to bring your kids to church until they're out of your house. I know this, this pushes against some of your mindset. And I've had parents, well, I'm just going to let my little kids discover. I'm going to let them pick their faith. No. If you're a Christian home, you're, the Bible says you're to raise them up in the Christian faith. And it is not an option whether they come to church or not. Until they're out of your house. Seriously. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, it says to walk with your kids. Write on their hearts the Word of God. Teach them the ways of God. When you're out in the city, when you're walking, walk with them about faith. It's, it's an all-time thing to the point that they want to love God. They want to be at church. Amen? We have a new generation. Many generations now. We have two generations that know nothing about God because the parents were apathetic towards God. Or they had a nominal issue. So that's some sins of the father. Let me talk about what a father is. This is what the world view is. Number one. Number two. Number, letter A. The world's view is, is the progenitor. Basically, people think that dads are like dogs. They just impregnate women. Okay? And, and I know it's not true and everything, but, but I mean, a dog can impregnate, impregnate another dog. He's not a man, is he? You see, we have a society and we have music. We have a whole genre of music. We have a whole genre of video games and, and movies that say it's just you can just... Get women pregnant and you don't have to have responsibility. That is not right. And so what society is saying, men, just you can be a man and, and, and just do your thing. You're just a man. You just be a man. No, that's not a man. Animals do that, but not men. Amen? And so society says that, that man is just a progenitor. He just, he just makes women pregnant. The second thing is, is the idiot. The dad's an idiot, right? You've noticed the dumbing down of dads in movies and TV shows, right? Right? It's been going on. I mean, Dad's just a bumbling idiot, you know. He just, he just feed me pizza. Hey, I'm watching sports, right? He just, you know, he sits on the recliner and goes, uh, where's the chips, you know? And, hey, Dad, I got this rod. It's great. I'm watching TV. You know, and they make Dad look like a total idiot. I don't like that. Uh, yes, I can be an idiot sometimes. And yes, I like to eat. But I don't sit on the recliner and belch all the time. And so this society is telling us dads are, are just idiots and they're, they're aloof and they're, they're disconnected. And they portray him as just someone who's oblivious. And that's, that's not a father. Amen? Then the other thing is, is the moneymaker. The father's sole responsibility is to bring home the bacon, bring home the moolah, bring home the cash, bring in the gold, bring in the blingage, right? And so if dad's making money as long as he's putting food on the table, he's a good dad. I would disagree with that. You can be a father and you can do that and that's a good part of life, but that's not all of being a father. Amen? Now, I know there are ladies that make more money and that's fine. That's awesome. But I'm just saying, men, your job is not just to put food on the table and clothes in the back in a house. That's a good thing. But that's not the best thing. The fourth, of course, is, is society tells us about a self-absorbed father. Dad is so concerned about his job or his business that he could care less for his family. Or dad is more concerned with his sports than his family. Or dad is more concerned about his hobbies, his fishing, his boating, his shooting, his, his golf, his whatever, his computers and his family. And it's easy as dads. Come on, dads. It's easy to get caught up in that stuff, right? Because life is hard at times. Work is hard. Dealing with society is hard. But you have to say, i got to have time that this is only has X amount of my days, X amount of my hours. i got to spend time with my families. We're all guilty of this. 
So let's talk about God's view. Let her be God's view of a father. Ephesians 5, 23-30. You guys doing okay? Everybody doing okay? Now again, here's my little caveat. Well, I'm not a dad. I'm not, I don't want, you know, I'm a kid or I'm, I'm a single mom or whatever. Pray for us dads. As I pray for you. Young men, young ladies, strive to be a godly man. One day you get married, strive to be a godly father. Amen? So this message is applicable to all of us. So, so here's what God uses in Ephesians 5, 23-33. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their husbands and everything. Men, some of you want me to slam the Bible and say, that's it. But let me move on. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, some of you ladies want me to stop right there, right? Okay? To make herself holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present to her himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves loves himself, uh, loves his wife, loves himself. Verse 29, After all, no one hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery which I am talking about, uh, Christ and the church. However, each of you, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So this is a biblical guideline of what a father and a husband is to do. So first is, number, letter A, number one, I'm sorry, B, A, one, is a leader. God is a God of order. Would you agree? He does set leadership. There has to be leadership somewhere. There has to be leadership in, in a home, in a business, in, in a job, in a family, in, in friendships. There has to be leaders. I mean, there's times you don't have to have total leadership. And not a, I'm not talking dictators, but, but, but dads, God has set you up as a leader, as the head of the household. Someone has to be the bottom line man. I, I don't like to always doing the bottom line man stuff, but someone has to do it. Amen? And God's intent was that the man does this. You're not to be a slave driver or dictator, but a leader. There's a difference, right? Leaders lead by example. Dictators lead by force and coercion and fear. Godly men, leaders, lead by example. They do, they make decisions. Amen? That's what God wants. And so sometimes you have to make the decision. You have to make the discipline call. The second part of what God says, what God views of a father, is number two, a spiritual leader. I kind of already alluded to this a little bit, but I'm going to go a little more depth here, just a little bit, okay? Please hear me out. Dads, it is your job. Say, it's my job. It's your job to be the spiritual leader of the household. It's not the mom's job. Now the problem is, moms tend to be a little more spiritually inclined sometimes. They, they, have, a, they have a little more of a... They can listen sometimes better than men. Now, I'm not saying all... That's not all this case. And so what happens is we just default. Okay, mom, since you're a little more closer or you can hear God a little better, you're a little more sensitive, then I'm going to let you be the spiritual leader. That's not what God intended. You're to be together. Remember it says, you become one. You work as a team. So you men have to spend time with your wife. It's hard. But you have to be the spiritual leader. Ladies, some of you need to relinquish spiritual leadership to your husband. 
Well, I've been doing it for so long, he doesn't want to do it. Then you need to try to allow him, help him, coach him, encourage him, pray for him. Don't lecture him. Don't preach at him. That's my job. You love him. You encourage him. You help him to become a spiritual leader. You pray for him. Amen? You help him. Because he needs to be the father. He needs to be the spiritual leader of the household. Amen? Dad, listen, it's your job to see that the family gets here in, on worship together. It's your job. Amen? Man up. Come on, right? Man up. Be a man. Take your kids to church to get your family here on time. Amen? Man, it is your job to give spiritual guidance to the family. You must know the Bible. You must know about God's heart. And man, you are the one to lead in spiritual devotions for your family. It's your job. Now, you might let your wife do it, you might let your kids do it, but you're supposed to keep charge and make sure it happens. Remember? In Deuteronomy, it says, Fathers, parents, teach your kids about the Word. Everywhere you go, write about it. When you're laying in bed, when you're out on the streets, out in the hall, or the parkways, whatever, talk about God. Amen? Okay, the next thing, number three, is, and it's written down, is, Fathers, you're a protector and a provider. And many of us, this is good. 1 Timothy 5.8 If anyone does not provide for his relatives... And especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Yes, you are to provide food, shelter, and clothing. So yes, you're doing a good job if you're doing that. Amen? However, you're also to provide protection physically and spiritually. You're to be there physically. And I know it's hard because we have those helicopter parents, right? You know, I mean, you're there and you're, sometimes helicopter parents are too much. And there's a fine line of when you need to know when to protect your kids. Because I'm a little bit old school. You know, let my kids kind of, they, they learn by example. And I don't want to step in too much, but I want to step in when I need to step in. And so if there's some kids in the neighborhood, you know, my kids were younger and they were bullying my daughters, I'd get, hey, wait, this is, you don't do that to my kids. You don't talk to my, I mean, I remember there was, there was one time we had just moved to Urbana and we were walking and uh, we were walking our dog, and the family was walking, and we, we got past these, this group of boys. And, and I don't say these words, okay? So this little, we walked by, and this kid, one of, and, and Michaela knew him from school, and he said, hey, Michaela, F you. And I just said, I turned to live, did I just hear that? And I immediately walked right back to the kid, and of course the kid bolts. And, and a couple of his buddies were, you know, they were like, uh, uh, you know, and then he's kind of down there, and I said, I don't appreciate you talking to my daughter like that. You don't ever talk to my daughter like that. I said, I hope you don't talk to your mom like that, or your sister. I said, that is inappropriate. And I walked off. I stood up for my daughter that day. Dads, there's a lot of inappropriate garbage that kid, people talk to about our daughters. Young man, you need to treat ladies right, because I'm a father. And I'm going to get a shotgun real soon. <laughs> and so don't, don't talk to children like they're meat. Don't talk to girls like they're an object. They are women. And men, stand up for your kids. But don't beat up the kids, okay? That's not the proper thing, right? We need more people that confront in love. And so then the same thing with school. You can't go to school every day. And, and, but there's times when, when, when just, just last year, we, we, uh, Michaela, and, and again, I'm, I, I try not to be, but just another example, Michaela's embarrassing. Oh, Dad. She was doing good, but one of her teachers in class 
said that all Christians are terrorists. And that Christians are the ones that are causing all the problems. And I said, like, wait a minute. I said, wait, did, did she really said that? Yes. Are you sure? She really said that? Yes. So immediately, I send an email and I get a phone call into the principal. This, I need to talk to you. Why? One of the teachers said that all Christians are terrorists. I said, that, number one, is not true. I said, yes, there are terror elements in every religion. But I said, that is inappropriate for a teacher to say that of any faith, specifically knowing that my daughter is a Christian and we're Christians. There are times, fathers, you need to step in and defend your kids in their school. Because sometimes, sadly, not everything at school is right. Amen? Okay, so fathers, you need to be a protector and a provider for your family. Your family is looking for you to be the protector. Dads, it's your job to know the activities of your kids so, so you can protect them from evil. And I know I say this a lot. I know you say I'm all fuddy-duddy. And it's hard all the time. And it's even hard when we're driving the radio and we're listening to songs and they're, they're bleeping words and like, ah, oh, Lord, help us. And so parents, you need to know what your kids are, or, or what video games they're playing. You need to know what kind of things are doing on the internet because there are people on the internet looking for your kids. Moms and dads, you need to know what they're doing. I know some of you kids, this is my rights, my privacy. You have no rights while you're in my house. <laughs> Except for the right to live a godly life and to have a great life. Because one day when you become a parent, you're going to see. You're going to change your view and how protective you get of, of kids. Amen? You can't ban everything, but you've got to be there. You've got to know what they're dealing with. Amen? Number four, number four is, is, is a reflection of God the Father. Now, I struggle with this. You struggle with this. We are not perfect. We're humans. I make mistakes. I get mad. I get angry. I, I, I forget things. I, 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 I blow it a lot. But God is a loving God who is constantly affirming us and giving us direction. Amen? And so God gives us affection and, and, and affirmation. I know in my household, my dad was not much of a hugger. He just patted me on the back once in a while and that kind of stuff. So that was very... I, coming into marriage and with talking with him, I said, I've got to become more affectionate. And so sometimes, I'm just being honest with you, sometimes it's not always natural for me to give my kids hugs. Sometimes I have no problems now because you, know, you have girls and they just melt your hearts. Right, dads? So, so, so parents, dads, it's okay to hug your son and daughter. Even when they're 15, like, ew, gross, you know, you know what, I, I love you. Hug them. Tell them you love them. Amen? They need affirmation. Kids need affirmation and affection. Right? Number three. Number three. Let me just talk about this for a few minutes. Where are the fathers? Where are the godly leaders? Number A, godly leaders. First Thessalonians 2. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Encouraging, comforting, urging you to live lies worthy of God who calls you into His kind, into His kingdom and glory. God has planned, as I already said this over and over, God has planned for fathers to be the head of the household. He's to be the spiritual leader. He's to be a godly example. And listen, kid, I, and I know, I, and some of you might get angry at me, and, I, and I, again, I, I love watching our kids excel in sports and academics, but the most important thing that I can teach my kids is Jesus. I want them to know Jesus so they can be great athletes or work hard, whatever they do in college or military or, or trade schools, that they have a godly foundation first. Because it's not all about success. Because success can ruin people. It can bless you. It can also ruin you. So you need a godly foundation. So dads, you be the, the, the leader that they need, the godly leader. Amen? 
And I know, just listen, I think this is my personal opinion. Some of this, some of this is just, it's obvious. I think one of the, the reasons homosexuality is on the rise is that fathers are not teaching their, their families about it. We're just kind of, well, it's, you know, it's their lifestyle. It is their lifestyle, but it's not biblical. God says it's a sin. Well, wait a minute, Pastor Stan. Jesus never condemned it. Okay, let me, let me give you the answer to that. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. John 14, then 114 says, And the Word became flesh. Jesus was, is God. Jesus is the Word of God. Are you following me? If it was said in the Old Testament, it's still applicable in the New Testament because Jesus is the Word of God. Okay, so uh, Jesus never confronted. He, he, a lot of things He didn't confront, but He said, go and sin no more. And so dads, you need to teach your kids this is inappropriate, this is not right. Amen? Come on. We're, our kids are being brainwashed. They're being sucked into this. P- parents are being sucked in. Well, we don't want to be haters. You, just because you agree with the Bible doesn't make you a hater. Amen? Come on, we need some preaching on this. We need some people to stand up. So uh, that's just my, my personal... The reasons boys are dressing as women is because they don't have a godly father around. Come on, amen? I mean, if you turn on the TV, the internet, this stuff's there. We have a lack of godly leaders in many arenas because... Teens are not learning from their dads about being a true leader, having integrity, doing the right thing, having a good work ethic. We see a lot of teen boys getting girls pregnant because, again, there's a lack of a godly leader at home. There's a big disrespect for leadership because it's being taught from the home. We have a disrespect for leaders. The Bible, again, whether you're Democrat or Republican, I don't care how you vote, but you should not disrespect the president. You can disagree with him, but you should not curse him in front of your kids. You should not. I mean, it's hard, I know, because, you know, I never agree with every president, by the way. Okay? And so, but as, as parents and as dads, you need to lead by example. It's hard, because there's times I catch myself and think, whoa, and I say, sorry, kids, I'm sorry I said that. And they learn you cursing your boss. You having the pastor for lunch after service. Amen? They learn from you. So be a godly leader. Amen? Be a godly leader. Manly leaders. Okay? And let her be manly. Man, you could be manly. I know we live in a society that like, they're telling boys you can't wrestle. You, and, and some of you are like, you're over fear. Now, again, I know I'm going to cross the line here, okay? I won't. No, I'm going to. Parents, it's okay when, when your little boys want to play guns. They want to be the hunter. They want to be the cop, the robber. That's okay. As long as you help them understand, this is just play. It's just part. Because, you see, they, they, kids envision, I'm a warrior. I'm the warrior. I'm the protector. They're learning godly, manly stuff. Boys don't like to play with dolls. G.I. Joe's. But we don't play dress up with little kids. And so, in schools, they're like taking the manhood away from the boys. No roughhousing. Sit down. Be quiet. Sit, you know... Making zombies of boys. Effeminating boys. Boys like the rough house. I don't mean things that my brothers and I mm, broke in our house. You know, and, and the fights and the wrestling and, and all that. And that's a natural thing. 
Somebody, no, no, don't do that. You're going to become evil. No. It's a natural thing. Now, I mean, if they're like wailing his blood, then you should probably stop it. Okay? And then, you know, in fact, my dad, I told you, my dad got his boxing gloves. Because we just like to, you know, fight. A manly man is not a person who can drink a keg of beer and beats his children. That's not a man at all. And you want to fight me, see me at 3 o'clock in the morning in the parking lot while you're drunk and I'll hit you with my car. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. You see, we have this, this, this mental a manly man can drink lots of beer and he can beat people. That's not a manly man. That's a man out of control. That's a man that has no self-control. Here's what the Bible says. Hebrews 12, 8-11. A manly man disciplines his children. A manly man stands up for the right things. Let, Hebrews 12, 8. If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are, you, you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we all have had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live. Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for good that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Now you've heard the old adage when a parent is disciplining their kids when they're spanking them. It's still okay to spank kids a little bit. Okay, not beating kids, but disciplining them. You know that this hurts you more than it hurts me? You know, Remember that? And the kid's like, hey, let's make a deal then. Right? And it does. As a parent, it hurts me to have to discipline my kids. But I have to do it. Not because I have a, a, a control issue. It's because I want my kids to live godly lives. I want my kids to know right from wrong. And we're seeing a lot less of people disciplining their kids. And dads, you've got to discipline your kids. Don't let mom always do it, Okay? There's a lot of good examples. Uh, uh, focus on the family. I know they get a lot of bad press, but focus on the family has some great parenting tools for dads. Dads, there's some great things there. About, and James Dobson talks about that. He says you have to break your will of the children, but you don't break their spirit. There's a difference. You don't beat your kids in submission. You have to teach them submission okay, by being a godly leader. You have to be a godly leader. You have to be able to, to prove to them by example. Amen? Okay, so, so there, and then there's uh, growing kids God's way by the Izzos. That's another great thing. Uh, becoming, becoming family-wise, kid-wise, there's some good... You have to have positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. And we live in a society where, where well, it's okay. Oh, you went out and killed people? That's okay. You know, that's okay. It's not okay. Jimmy, you burned the, the neighbor's shed down? Oh, that. Don't do that anymore. No! Jimmy, no! You're going to work forever to pay for that barn or that shed. What's wrong with that? That's wrong! Right? We have to have some discipline. And you can praise them and tell them the good things too. Amen? Listen to this. Dads, your sons learn from you how you treat women and specifically your wife. And I learned something very good from my dad. And my dad wasn't perfect by any means. I almost started crying because my dad died a few years and I saw him at my ordination picture on the slides. And my dad wasn't a perfect father by all means, but he did the best that he could. And one of the things that my dad taught me was he never allowed me to badmouth 
or backtalk my mom. Of course, when you, you know, I did backtalk my mom when he wasn't around. I've got another story for that in a minute. But he never let me badmouth my mom. I mean, I would see them arguing. It's like, yeah, yeah. And, I, and he's like, don't, son. You don't talk to your, about your mom like that. Ever. And so, dads, your boys learn from you. Ladies, let me give you a little hint. If you ever want to get married someday, that man that you think you want to marry, see how he treats his mom. Because that's how he's going to treat you. Now, I mean, there's days when he snows you. Oh, hi, Mom, I love... Brings flowers. and Boys don't bring flowers to their moms that often. Some do, but they, they don't. They're, hey, Mom, what's for dinner? Mom, did you wash my socks? Mom, where did I put that thing? But, I mean, if, they're, if, you see how, if they treat their mom like dirt, you don't want to marry that man. Because that's how he's going to treat you. I'm just saying. I've only been a pastor for 24 years. I know I'm a young guy. I'm a young punk kid of four years, but I've seen it. Let me just throw in a little marriage. This is a little extra marriage thing. I'm going to go back to my, my mom. I never complain about Olivia to anyone. I know that men who get together with men and ladies get together with ladies. Olivia and I, we never complain to our friends about each other. If we have complaints, we go to each other. And I see too much in, in all these TV shows, and I cannot stand these. And I know some of you love these, but I can't stand these housewife shows. I can't stand because they're up there. On, I mean, these ladies curse worse than say, bleep, 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 bleep. And I told my husband, bleep, 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 bleep. And I'm thinking, oh, I can't stand this stuff. And we wonder why there's disrespect for husbands. And if you have an issue with your spouse, talk to your spouse. Go to the pastor. I can help you a little bit. And then if you need to go to a marriage counseling, do that. But go and talk to all your girlfriends about your husband and don't talk to all your men friends about your wife. Talk to each other. Amen? That was free, by the way. I wrote that in. That was just extra. I wrote that in. Now, this is just a fun story, okay? And so, so with my mom, I told you, I, I badmouthed my mom sometimes when my dad was around. But, but notice that my dad wasn't around. So, 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 boys, you got to be careful because my mom would then use the, I'm going to tell your dad. I'm so sorry, Mom. I'm so sorry. Please. I mean, I would, I would plead with her. Please, I'm sorry. No, nope, I'm telling your dad. So that was a good thing for me to keep me in line. Not that I wasn't a bad kid. I mean, my mom and dad aren't here to say that anymore, but you can ask my wife who'd ask my mom. I was a good kid, but on times I got out of line. But my, my mom would use, I'm telling your dad. Let her see, proactive leaders. This is a, I know it's hard in this world, but it, it, this is a person who tries to think ahead. Planning ahead helps you, amen? Dad, need to, you need to try to plan ahead. It's hard, I know, but work with your, your spouse. Work with your kids. Letter, letter D is true role models. And I love music, and I, and I love sports, and I love that we have these uh, multi-billion dollar business leaders, and I love some politicians, and others I pray for. But listen to this, we don't need musicians with no morals as role models for our kids. We don't need womanizers as role models for our kids. We don't need multi-million dollar spoiled sports stars who disrespect women as ro- We don't need rap artists who badmouth women and talk about them as a sex object. Parents, if you're letting your kids listen to that garbage, you need to make them stop. Amen? Come on. We don't need actors that are working on their eighth or ninth marriage as role models. 
I know it happens, but come on, eight or nine or six or seven, eight, nine. There's a problem there. Children naturally look to their fathers as their first role models. Dads, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. But God is for you. God is with you. God wants you to be a God leader. God will help us. When we ask for wisdom, He will help us. Amen? Fathers, are you willing to say, God, help me to be a truly godly role model? Would you stand with me this morning? So, so the question, the conclusion is, fathers, when will you take your role as a true father? Your family needs you. Your church needs you. Your country needs you. This world needs you to be a godly man. There's too many things the world trying to tell you to be. Be a godly man. Because ultimately you're going to stand before God one day. Amen?